Washington Commanders head coach Ron Rivera isn't taking over the worst defense in NFL history, but it's pretty dang close to it. That and more coming up on this episode of Locked on Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into this episode of Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day and every dares. I appreciate you coming through on a regular basis like you do. Don't forget, if you haven't already, you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you're getting this podcast. And you can continue the conversation with me by becoming a Locked On Commanders insider. Go to joinsubtext.com slash locked on commanders and from there you'll get one-on-one conversations with me via text you'll get inside news information scoops all kinds of fun stuff going on over there directly from me bonus episodes recordings when i leave games all kinds of craziness going on join subtext.com slash locked on commanders to become a lock insider i'm david harrison your host of this program on twitter at d harrison 82 on threads at d harrison underscore 82 credential member of the media covering the Washington Commanders for CommanderCountry.com, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. I'm here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers. And as always, I appreciate your continued support for the show. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL to get $20 off your first purchase, last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. On today's episode, a bonus edition of Ranting About Ron after Coach gave us a little bit more insight on Monday into what changes he might be making on the defense this week. And we're going to go through some scheme and non-scheme dependent draft needs here at the end of November. But first, the Washington Commanders defense isn't quite the worst in the NFL history, but it isn't far from it either. Now, this is inspired by some fan conversations that I've seen around and some insiders who have asked me very similar topics or questions. And I wanted to take the time to kind of flesh this out. So I didn't put this in our command huddle insider exclusive on Saturday, and I'm not saving it for the mailbag. I want to get this out today. Kind of a a bonus episode in a way here with the game on Thursday. So this year so far through 12 weeks, and I'm recording this before Monday night football, but neither of the defenses on Monday night football are really competing for any of these rankings. So far this season, the Washington commanders defense ranks 30th in yards per play, 25th in yards per run, 31st in yards per pass, then 28th in interception rate. 28th is bad, by the way, 11th in sacks per pass, 19th in first downs allowed, 18th in third down percentage, 20th in red zone defense, 12th in goal to go, 32nd in points per game. So the only categories this Washington Commanders defense is above average is 11th in sacks per, per pass and in 12th in goal to go scenarios. That's it. Everything else this team is not only below average, but dang near the bottom of the NFL. So the question being with from a lot of people is, is this defense the worst in NFL history? Well, if you're not the worst in the league today, and certainly you're one of the worst, but you're not the worst on in every single category, then you're probably not the worst in history. But that doesn't mean this defense isn't historically bad. So that's not where the conversation is going to end. We're going to steer into this kid just a little bit. Really just want to give you kind of some realistic numbers and just kind of some contextual numbers, right? The commanders are on pace right now to give up 495 points this season. 6,420 yards of offense, 334 first downs, 39 touchdowns, and 86 scoring drives to opposing teams. Now, looking at StatHead and sorting through the NFL history best I can with these stats, 12 teams in NFL history have given up at least 6,420 yards, 334 first downs, and allowed 39 touchdowns to opponents in a single season. That's 12 in NFL history, okay? Now, this is a rather recent occurrence. 
All 12 of those teams have had those seasons since 2019. The first one happening in 2019 was the Arizona Cardinals. So while this is a very small sample size of NFL history, it's also a very recent development. And obviously the rules and, and everything else that are geared towards making this a more offensive game are certainly to blame for that. But there are also some historically bad defenses out there. So like I said, the first team to ever do it, 2019 Arizona Cardinals, three teams hit the mark in 2020, five teams hit the mark in 2021. Then it dropped back down to three teams in 2022, meaning that since the beginning of 2019, 9% of defenses that have been fielded in the NFL have entered the club of historically bad defense that Washington is on pace to become the next member of. But they also gave up more touchdowns and first downs per game, surprisingly enough, than Washington is on pace to do right now. Seven NFL franchises have accounted for those 12 teams. Four of those franchises still have the same head coach that was active when they had that historically bad NFL season. Those coaches are Dan Campbell, the Detroit Lions, Kevin O'Connell, the Minnesota Vikings, Robert Sala, the New York Jets, Pete Carroll of the Seattle Seahawks, and actually a fairly good list of head coaches, to be honest with you. But all four of those coaches have had teams hit this historically bad group of defense in their tenures, uh, some of them as recent as 2022, looking at you, uh, Dan Campbell. Two of these 12 teams had winning, winning records at the end of their season. The 2022 Minnesota Vikings won 13 games. The 2022 Detroit Lions won nine games. So that tells you that in 2019, 20, and 21, no team that entered this historically bad defensive grouping had a winning record at the end of the season. Each of those teams, the 2022 Vikings and Lions, each of those teams had a scoring offense that scored at least 25.9 points per game or more and were top 10 in the category. Washington this year is scoring 20.5 points per game uh, and is 4.4 points off that minimum pace to have a winning record with this type of a defense. So a field goal doesn't tighten that window enough, meaning that you have to actually have to add another touchdown to the Washington Commanders to get them into that window. If you added a, a touchdown to every every, seat, every every game this year for the Commanders, that would turn their record from 4-8 and eight to 6-4-2. and two. So it kind of shows you that history with a defense this bad, even if you're scoring at a very high clip, you're going to just barely clear the winning record mark. Uh, you know, the Minnesota Vikings are the one-off 13 wins. The Detroit Lions, they were nine and eight. So, you know, winning records, sure, but not exactly setting the NFL on fire. Now, defensively, Washington is on pace to have the 13th worst defense in the NFL history in yards allowed, the 11th worst defense in first down surrendered, and tied for 90th in touchdowns allowed in NFL history. And I know 90th doesn't sound so bad. And it's like, oh, okay, that's not bad. But understand this, that's touchdowns allowed in a single season in NFL history. There's 32 teams in the league. In three years, the NFL will field 96 defenses. Three seasons. That's all it's going to take to hit 96 defenses. Being top 90 in NFL history and touchdowns allowed, not good. Not, not the worst ever, okay? But certainly not good and certainly one of the worst ever, uh, I think. So that's, that's the answer to that question being asked in many different ways by a lot of people. But there's yet another angle of that conversation that I want to take. And that's whether or not this defensive performance has set Sam Howell up to set a very bad quarterback record his first year as a starter in the National Football League. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easiest way to buy tickets for all your sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And this show is sponsored by Game Time with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. If you want to come see Ron Rivera coordinate a defense for the first time this season, his time in Washington, 
You can still get tickets to the Commanders versus Dolphins game for $128. Last-minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals, easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Game, tap, game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. And the Game Time guarantees me you'll always get the best price available. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the promo code Locked On NFL to get $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create a, get an account with the Game Time app, redeem the code Locked On NFL for $20 off. That's L O C K E D O N N F L. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Continuing on now with today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Thanks again for being a Locked On Commanders, your first listener, your first view today and every day. Every dayers, thank you for coming through. Make sure you come back tomorrow. We got a mailbag episode dropping fresh for you on Wednesday. If you want to send in a question, drop them in the YouTube comment section. Hit me on Twitter at dharrison82, on threads at dharrison underscore 82, or text me directly as a lock insider by going to joinsubtext.com slash locked on commanders. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel. On YouTube, Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every single league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Continuing our evaluation now, just how bad this commander's defense is on pace to be. Narrowing the scope to the franchise only. This may not be the worst defense in NFL history but it would be the first in Washington defensive history to join the club that we just described. Again, the club we're talking about are defenses in NFL history that allowed 6,420 or more yards of offense allowed to opponents, 334 first downs and 39 or more touchdowns. No Washington defense has ever joined that club. This Washington defense is on pace to do exactly that. But not only will it impact the prestige or lack of prestige of the Washington Commanders defense, it could also actually impact Sam Howell's statistical rankings in the annals of history in the NFL and the franchise because we all know that wins and losses are not quarterback stats. But like it or not, wins and losses are quarterback stats. They're, they're always going to be, I don't like it, you may not like it, but when we talk about quarterbacks, we're always going to talk about how many games they won, how many Super Bowls they won, all of these things. We don't talk about defensive players as games they won. We talk about, we might say, seven-time Super Bowl champion, but we don't say he won seven Super Bowls, right? There's a difference in the connotation there. So with that in mind, I kind of kind of looked at this. I said, you know what? With people, whether we like it or not, again, calling wins and losses quarterback stats, how is this impacting Sam Howell? So with the help of Sam Fortier of the Washington Post, shout, shout out to Sam. Uh, follow him on Twitter, at Sam4TR, if uh, you're into that kind of thing. I asked him to help me out with some research and he helped me out, hooked me up with some good info. Looking at the most losses by quarterbacks in games where they threw for at least 300 yards. So that's the classification here. Quarterback throws for 300 or more yards, but the team still loses. 300 yards is considered the gold standard for a great passing day. So if your quarterback throws for 300 yards, if you have an average or better defense, you should come away victorious, right? Sam Howell is currently tied for 21st in NFL history with four games lost this season while throwing 300 or more yards in that game. Again, tied for 21st in the NFL. 21st doesn't typically hit the ear and you go, oh man, what a terrible ranking. 21st in NFL history. And every quarterback counts. Like Drew Brees is on this list in the top 30, like five times. So every single season of Drew Brees counts. Every single season of Tom Brady counts. Every single season of Daniel Jones 
count. So this isn't individual quarterbacks. These are quarterback seasons. Sam Howell is currently tied for 21st in NFL history with the most losses by a quarterback when throwing for 300 yards in a game in a single season. The NFL record is seven losses in a single season, throwing for 300 yards or more by Deshaun Watson and with Houston at the time in 2020. If you go back and look at Deshaun Watson's numbers in 2020, he put up MVP caliber numbers, but still lost seven games that season where he put up 300 or more yards. Not only is Sam Howell nearing NFL record setting numbers, he's right on the cusp of franchise numbers already. So for Sam Howell to lose three more games a season, I mean, there's six games left, guys. Like, you know what I'm saying? But so the, the possibility is there. But for Sam Howell to admit to lose three more games in a season where he throws for 300 more yards because this defense can't get right, that, those chances aren't super high. But Kirk Cousins in 2016 right now leads the Washington franchise with five losses in a single season where he threw for 300 or more yards. Again, he did that in 2016. Sam Howell has four with six games remaining. So if Sam Howell and this Washington Commanders team loses one more game where he throws for 300 or more yards, he ties the franchise record in his first year as a starter for the most losses in a single season by a quarterback that throws for 300 more yards in those losses. That's ridiculous. Like that, that is the amount of support that this, this offense with a first year play caller, first year coordinator, first year quarterback, that is the amount of support this team is not getting on the defensive side of the ball. That is why Jack Del Rio was fired. That is why Brent Bieselmeyer was fired. That is why Ron Rivera is taking control. We will see if Ron Rivera can make enough of an impact to keep Sam Howell from continuing to climb the charts of that record that nobody wants because the Miami Dolphins are the second best passing offense by stats in the National Football League right now. Uh, they're certainly going to come in looking to do damage against Washington Commanders. And if they're going out there lighting it up, then you already know Sam and Eric Biedem are going to be dialing up passes. So the likelihood of him hitting 300 yards and a loss, certainly there this weekend against Miami, would be a franchise record tying fifth loss in a season when he threw for 300 or more yards. Um, so that's that's the wrap on that conversation. So again, uh, you know, it is what it is. Just a little bit of a deep dive steering into the skit, as I like to say, on how bad this defense has been. A lot of you have been asking me how bad is this defense? Really? That's how bad this defense is, really. Uh, another draft-related question that I've been getting from Commanders fans, insiders, YouTubers, uh, Twitter people, DMs, all this other stuff is about prioritizing next year's draft. And we've already done a few like mock draft type episodes and, and, and exercises. And I don't want to get too deep into draft preparation right now because we do still have six games left uh, in this season. I know that that sounds uh, kind of weird or at least they're not six games, sorry, five games, six weeks left uh, in the season with a bye week coming up there. But I have started thinking about some of this stuff with the senior bowl, with the combine coming up and everything else. So I do look at the roster. I kind of start preparing what I want to evaluate, who I want to watch at these events specifically because you can't watch everybody. So, I've broken this down into kind of, of position group needs based on scheme irrelevancy and scheme relevancy, right? So for me, scheme irrelevant, when I look at this team, there are positions on this team that I look at and I say, no matter who the head coach is, no matter who the offensive defense coordinator is, no matter what happens with the staff, these are positions that if you take the current roster into 2024, you're going to have problems. And so again, no matter what the scheme is, no matter who the coach is, these positions need new lifeblood. Uh, and I'm starting with the offensive tackles. And I think most of you start with the offensive tackles. And I'm talking about both of them. Uh, I like Charles Leno Jr. I like Andrew Wiley. But both of them have shown at times, like, age is catching up to them. It catches up with everybody. This doesn't make them bad dudes. It happens to all of us. Uh, eventually, your time passes you by. And it and it, it, it sucks. You know what I mean? It really it really does. You put in so much effort and, and, and all that stuff into staying healthy and, and being the best you can be. But eventually, the game passes you by. And it's starting 
It hasn't fully, but it's starting to pass both of these guys by. The Washington Commanders, you got a young quarterback. No matter what happens with the coaching staff, you need to bring in at least one new tag. If you want to roll with one of them for another year, roll those dice that, you know, father time is not going to completely catch up for one more season. I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm happy about it, but, you know, I could, I could see not wanting to invest, you know, too highly in two new tackles in one season. Okay, I, I kind of get that, but you at least need to address one of those tackle positions. I would probably uh, attack the left tackle position and if you really want to keep Charles Leno around for another year, see how he feels about moving uh, to the right side and basically let those guys kind of compete uh, for that position or, or whatever it is um, and see who comes out the better man. Um, so we're relevant of scheme, irrelevant of coaching changes. This team needs some new injection of life into offensive tackle positions. Also, maybe move Braden Daniel to tackle. I'm just saying he's not a guard. He's a tackle linebacker uh, is another one off ball linebacker specifically, uh, because believe it or not, I do think there is a world where Jamin Davis might actually be an acceptable off ball linebacker in a three, four, right? Where he's playing the middle and he's kind of. You know, depending on the play, I mean, you, you can't make a general sweeping statement about Jamin in a 3-4 either, but depending on the play, he's responsible for just a little bit less uh, and can kind of play a little bit more freely, use him as more of a rush linebacker, a lot of the, you know, similar to the way the Tampa Bay Buccaneers use Devin White, uh, use him as more of a downhill type of guy instead of a guy who's in coverage too, too much, but you still got to play some coverage. So you still need to get, see him get better there. Um, but you do need to address at least one, right? If you, if you stick with a 4-3, uh, whether it's Ron or somebody else running the defense, if you stick with a four-three base, uh, you still need another linebacker. Cody Barton hasn't had a whole lot of opportunity to grow within the system, uh, but obviously the system hasn't been growing people all that much anyway. David Mayo is certainly serviceable as a backup, but beyond that, you know, I like Khalid Hudson. He really flashed during training camp a lot. I thought he made some good plays in preseason. In the time that he's gotten to play in the regular season, though, really just hasn't gotten the job done uh, as well as you need to. So you definitely need to see some new linebacker blood injected into this unit. If you move to a 3-4, I actually like Cody Barton and Jamin Davis as a 3-4 duo. But again, behind them, you still need somebody. So whether we're talking second round to be a new starter or we're talking fifth round to back up uh, guys, you know, you definitely need to get some linebackers brought into this defense, regardless of scheme. Last position I'm going to prioritize in the draft, regardless of scheme, tight ends. Logan Thomas is getting older. John Bates and Cole Turner, they're kind of proving to 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 everybody that they're kind of one-trick ponies. John Bates is the better blocker, decent enough receiver that you can live with them. Cole Turner is a better receiver, not a blocker. Um, sometimes you got you to gotta start believing guys are what they tell you they are, and that's what those tight ends are telling you. So you need to go out there and get yourself a tight end because right now, if you if you want to have a dynamic offense, you need a tight end that can do uh, both of those things. Scheme relevant. If everything stays the same, you need a new corner because even if Kendall Fuller comes back, he's getting older, start getting that replacement ready now instead of having to draft him and start him right away. Uh, offensive line, you still need some help. Interior lineman based on scheme. It might be center, it might be guard. If you move Ricky Stromberg to center, then you need a new guard. If you keep Ricky Stromberg guard, then you need another center. I don't necessarily mind Tyler Larson. Didn't have a good game against the Dallas Cowboys, but if he can get better from there and bounce back, I actually don't hate Tyler Larson. So, you know, uh, but but regardless, you need some depth or you need a new starter at one of those positions. Look, with five picks in the first three rounds, there should be some changes. Like this team should look significantly different next year than it does this year, uh, but there will be some changes this weekend as well. What will they be? Ron Rivera gave us Ron Rivera gave us a little bit more information about that. So we're going to dive into some of his comments on a bonus ranting about Ron coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
Today's episode of Locked On Commanders brought to you by FanDuel. Score this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. The Washington Commanders are currently nine and a half point underdogs against the Miami Dolphins this weekend with the over-under for total points scored set to 49 and a half. And the Commanders are plus 370 underdogs on the money line while the Dolphins are carrying a minus 480 money line favorite uh, odd line. Uh, yeah, there. So if you don't think the Commanders are going to pull out the upset, sign up, drop $5 on the Dolphins on that minus 480 money line bet. And if they win, you win your money and you also win $150 in bonus bets. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use and there's a wide ranging range of betting options, including those money lines, but also spreads, player props, over-unders. You can build your own parlays. That's what I love to do because I'm a little bit reckless, but visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get winning this NFL season. FanDuel official partner of the National Football League. Now this episode of Locked On Commanders ranting about Ron. Two days in a row, we're going to talk about Ron Rivera, what he's talking about at press conferences. Ron Rivera revealed to us on Monday that he is basically trying to pare down the defense a little bit uh, as far as the complexity of it. When he was asked what he's talking about when he says pare down the defense a little bit, he said, quote, well, I think eliminating some of the tools, the checks that we've used in the past, and just really almost to a point where, hey, you draw them, you ride them. Uh, or ride with them, end quote. And that's a poker term because, of course, Ron Rivera is known as a gambler and he likes to gamble. And basically what he's talking about is, look, you draw your cards sometimes, those are your cards. You play your cards. You don't go crazy. You don't overthink it. You don't get sideways about it and check the wind and say, well, you know, if the wind is blowing this way, then a nine, nine, nine of diamonds will ride and, and all this stuff. No, sometimes your cards are just what your cards are. And like the song says, you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them. In the NFL, you don't fold. You always hold and you got to go to the table uh, and stack your chips. So, what, what basically I take away from this is less communication. And and the, the weird thing is you hear Eric B. talk all the time about, I want to make sure I'm over communicating with my guys. I want to make sure I'm over communicating with my quarterback. I want to make sure I'm over communicating with my team. And that's all fine and dandy. But I would say on the defensive side of the ball, especially because you're re- reacting to what's happening, at least on the offensive side of the ball, if you're over communicating, you're still on the same page of what's about to happen because you're dictating the action. On the defense side of the ball, a lot of schemes, I prefer to dictate the action if I can, but a lot of schemes, they react to what's going on. If you're overly thinking of, all right, I've got this zone. If this receiver comes from my right to left, here's what I do. If that guy comes from my left to right, here's what I do. If this guy comes right up the middle, here's what I do. But if he's over here doing this, doing the chicken dance, I got to do this over here. But if this guy's over here doing the, the limbo, then I got to make sure that I do a backflip and cluck twice. It becomes too much. Overcommunication on a defense is a terrible, terrible thing, and it makes guys think too much, and it doesn't allow them to play fast. One of my fellow media members even mentioned, like, what are you doing to make them to help them play fast? At the end of the day, when you're talking about production-based business, talent evaluation, whatever it is, you want dudes running around, flying on the field, and then you take them from running fast, and if they're messing up while they're running fast, you fix it. But if they're if they're overthinking, they're not going to be playing fast. They're not going to be playing confident, and it's hard to fix overthinking, right? So – I like what I hear from Ron Rivera when he says that. Now we'll see how it impacts the field, but if that's really what they're doing, it's kind of what we talked about, simplify the defense a little bit and make things a little bit easier to understand for the guys on the field. You basically just kind of play them straight up. You see the Seattle Seahawks play that kind of a defense. They basically just say, this is what we're doing. You beat us. We're not going to beat you for us. Too many times Washington Mayors have been beating themselves uh, on how he wants to get the defensive line to apply more pressure. Coach Rivera said, quote, 
And then we've got to look at some movements as far as those guys up front are concerned and give them an opportunity to create some one-on-ones for our tackles. That's one thing we've noticed is that there's been a little bit more obvious attention being paid to our defensive tackles, both Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne. So we've got to try and create some situations where they end up getting singled up a little bit more and hopefully that'll help them, end quote. Yes, please, your two best players on defense. No offense to Cam Curl, no offense to Kendall Fuller, no offense to anybody else. Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne are the kings of that defensive jungle. You need to scheme those guys advantageous situations. We hear coaches talk about it all the time, putting my players in position to be successful. Well, guess what? 600 pounds of offensive linemen pushing on John Allen, 600 pounds of offensive linemen pushing on Deron Payne or 500 pounds of offensive linemen and tight end or running back, whatever the combination is, push on either of these guys, not a recipe for success. Teams will leave James Smith-Williams, Casey Tuhill, KJ Henry, Andre Jones Jr. singled up. Why? Because they're not proven, because they're not guys that anybody is scared of right now. And yeah, they might get the occasional sack or the occasional pressure or whatever, but everybody knows that Jonathan Allen can be a game wrecker. Deron Payne can be a game wrecker. So you need to scheme ways to get them singled up. How do you do that? Well, you can move them outside to the defensive end spots. We've already kind of seen that recently, even with Jack Del Rio in here. Do that a little bit more. Jonathan Allen playing three-tech, Deron Payne playing three-tech, whatever it is, could absolutely work. Bring some dudes over the A-gaps. Bring your linebackers in over the center. Make these offensive linemen understand that more pressure could be coming at you than just John Allen, Deron Payne in the middle. You have to account for all of that, which means you have to, at least for a flash of a second, give them some single coverage. In that flash, those two guys are comfortable enough, they're confident enough, they're talented enough to make offensive lines pay for it. Do it. I want to see it. I'm, I'm going to be keeping an eye out for it against Miami Dolphins, looking for them to move these guys around and move other guys around them to make the Miami Dolphins single them up. Now it's time for Ron Rivera to put action behind his words. I'm very excited for it. Can't wait to see it. Not telling you he's going to produce a win yet, but I'm very excited. Uh, to see if if Ron Rivera can come with some creativity to get those two guys freed up a little bit more. That's going to wrap up today's episode. Coming up tomorrow, Everydayers, it is mailbag time. So make sure you come back for that. If you've got questions for the mailbag, again, drop them in the YouTube comment section. Hit me on Twitter at dharrison82 or text me directly by becoming a lock insider at jointsubtext.com slash locked on commanders. As always, thank you for making locked on commanders your first listen of the day every day. Everydayers, thank you for coming through on a regular basis like you do. For your second listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today 24-7 national stream, the first of its kind live stream, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, going up on YouTube. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube to subscribe. Thank you so much for making me a part of your day, part of your football routine. And until we speak again, please be safe, be kind, and I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.